We are kindly sponsored by Sliderstock. They are a bespoke auction and e-commerce platform. So if you guys need them, hit them up at www.sliderstock.com. We've got Hannah from the Sausage Dog Sanctuary Food on our podcast this week. Um, so, a bit of a funny story, really, because we met ages ago, didn't we, Hannah? We did. Um, so, originally, Hannah had sent us a message on Instagram asking if we would pop down when she owns the Sausage Dog Sanctuary Hotel and um, record some stuff for uh, the hotel advert, wasn't it? Um, so we were yeah, like, yeah, absolutely desperate to see it because we saw loads of pictures and videos and it looked so good. Anyway, so we went and it, we had a fab day um, and it was brilliant. Anyway, a few weeks later, wasn't it, um, ITV had got in touch with Hannah and said, um, we'd love to do a segment on you on this morning. So we obviously jumped at this and we were like absolutely how cool is that so we ended up going again and doing this crazy day that was like full of sausage dogs how good was it absolutely like probably one of the best days ever yeah so totally agree um (laughs) loved it and then so a few months after that uh Hannah approached me and um asked if I would kind of help out with her social media and stuff and naturally I couldn't really say no because I love sausage dogs and I loved all the products she sold uh, through sausage dog sanctuary food so it kind of just fit really well um yeah so the rest is history really isn't it like I've been doing it since April April April? last year yeah and I love it it's great. Um, so that's you a bit did about such a good job, Harriet. Oh, thanks. Um, so that's a bit about <laughs> me and Hannah and how we met. Um, but I'll leave Hannah to tell you all about sausage dog sanctuary food because you are the ex- expert, aren't you? Hopefully. <laughs> so, so like I said, you had the sausage dog sanctuary hotel. So what what made you go into the food side of things okay so we like you said obviously we ran the hotel and we did that for about 18 months and um when we ran the hotel I kept a spreadsheet of all the dogs that came and what food they were on and any behavioral issues skin conditions medication etc um I had this big excel spreadsheet and any dog that had like a runny poo or itchy skin or behavior problem or anything that I just thought was a little bit out of the ordinary I used to make like um I put like a red mark against them and I also used to record what food all the dogs were fed and kind of halfway through the um hotel's journey so to speak we probably had about two three hundred dogs at that point I'm looking at this excel spreadsheet and there's just like all these masses of red dots and I'm looking at the food that all these dogs have been fed 
and inadvertently I'd kind of created this study group of dachshunds and food and I noticed that most of my red flags were all dogs that were fed on fairly poor quality kibble yeah and my dogs were raw fed at the time but I never really got on with it one of my dogs just absolutely hated it refused to eat a lot of the time it's quite stressful nobody enjoyed it in our house um so I started thinking how I come from an e-commerce background as well so I started thinking that maybe there could be a better way to feed than some of the the cheap kibbles that were out there on the market but get some of the benefits that we get from raw food so yeah I think there's um there's a definite link between poor quality kibble um and behavior and skin issues tummy issues anxious dogs etc so we started researching talking to lots of manufacturers and and we worked with them to create a recipe that was suitable for dachshunds and and basically that's it that that's where it started for us yeah that's that's the little story behind it and that's so interesting isn't it because I talked in another podcast with Andy the vet and sensitivities and allergies are something that crops up all the time with dachshund owners it's it's so common and whether it's breed related or not it is stressful like you said because you kind of witnessed it firsthand and and actually getting to the bottom of it is sometimes impossible um yeah so if you if you try a really good quality food it could make all the difference couldn't it so absolutely it's the importance is is definitely up there yeah definitely um so what makes your products food treats kind of stand out from the rest if you like so one of the things that I was really really shocked to see when I started looking into um dog food manufacturing processes that I think we're all a little bit behind on how it's made and and what actually goes on and with you know dog food is quite um a recent thing it was only developed after the war um, people used to feed their dogs scraps. There were a lot of bones, you know, proper butcher's bones around. Yeah. You get the leftovers from the table. That was, you know, historically what dogs ate. And then after the war, manufactured dog food was born and it was really full of cereals and, and corn and maize grain. and cooking yeah. agents and grain. And it didn't change for years. So, you know, you get the tins of chappy and the and the kind of bags of, of wag and, and so forth and it and it was really poor quality bulk cereals there was yeah. no real nutritional value in it and I think really in the last kind of 10 years it's come a, it's come a long way and we'd not realized that to call a dog food say chicken flavored food there only has, yeah. to, has to be four percent chicken in, in it god that's so scary isn't it yeah, and and there's a there is a very famous brand which I won't mention out there with a dachshund on the front in a golden uh, yellow uh, red bag that um, actually only has four percent chicken in it, and oh, it's one of God. the most. The, the, it's actually one of the most nutritionally poor kibbles that you can buy, but dog food companies are very clever. So big big companies like Mars and Pedigree and so forth and Royal Canning will have multi multi million pound marketing budgets and the way that we've been conditioned is to think that 
that those foods are the best because that's where we've seen them all. They're all in the magazines, on the adverts, on the TV, they're in the the billboards. But actually, they are normally the worst possible ones. So um, I would just encourage people to actually get the bag of food that you're feeding your dog and actually read the ingredients on the back and actually see what it is because I know that um a lot of them kind of read like a list of chemicals yeah and, and, and a lot it, of full it, of surely that is an alert for people if you don't know what yeah, you're massive doing, what's alarm ingredients. yeah but I think people just we don't look because we buy a trusted name you know yeah. we buy something that we assume is good for our dog because you can't imagine that anyone would create a food that wasn't wasn't good for a dog yeah yeah exactly so when I started looking at that and we, we, we researched quite a lot of manufacturers and we found um, a manufacturer that could make us a really nice grain-free, soya-free, gluten-free recipe that was based um, with sweet potato. It's got a really high protein content and it's mixed with vegetables as well. It's also um, preserved with rosemary. So a lot of the the, the other kind of manufactured kibbles are, are full of e-numbers and preservatives. Yeah. You know, you've got something, haven't you, that's sitting unrefrigerated, it's being cooked, it's in a bag, you know, how is it staying fresh? How is it staying okay? And, Good point, um, yeah. One of the things, you know, another thing that a lot of people won't think about, but one of the reasons why we loved the manufacturer that we use is because they preserve everything with rosemary and so there's just really no nasties in it and that was super important because the correlation between the additives and preservatives and the behavior issues with dogs are are huge and yeah you know I only I only said no to boarding three dogs after their trial when we had the hotel and all three of those dogs were fed on pedigree chum my gosh that's crazy and they were like, it was like dogs on crack. <laughs> My God. You know, they were yeah. like, they were super hyped all the time. And the nutritionist, our manufacturer, compares it to giving your kid a McDonald's every day. And, and it's, the, it's so the, true, the, isn't the, it? That's, that's perfect comparison to make. Yeah, totally. And that's what we need to start thinking like. We need to start, you know, you wouldn't give that to your children full of preservatives and additives. And yeah, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. And like I said, the only three dogs that I, I refused boarding to were the pedigree chum fed dogs. And it got to the point where I was like, if your dog is fed on pedigree chum, they aren't coming. Not welcome. going to do a trial because they are so highly strung, Harriet. They are like up here all the time. You can't bring them down because they're full of preservatives and additives and nasties. So that's where ours is different. Um, it's also um, traceable to source. So, so by that we mean we know exactly where it's come from. All the um, farms and fisheries that we use, there is a, a there's a chain there. We can trace it, so we know what's going into that's it. That's brilliant. Yeah. There are some super horror stories which I won't I won't go into because hopefully it doesn't happen so much anymore. But it used to be that dog food, dog meat that was used for dog food until fairly recently was it it could have been um anything bodies from the vet like dead animals from the vet and stuff I mean years ago and in some countries that is still the case and and that you know you hear horror stories of of people finding like collars and dog tags in manufacturing processes when they're making dog but it could be roadkill or anything so 
you know, that's how bad it was. It, 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 that doesn't happen in the UK anymore. But um, it is really important still to know where it came from and how those animals were reared and the use of antibiotics in them, etc., and welfare Definitely. standards, etc. Just as important as, as it is in humans. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And the fact that it's all traceable, I, th- I, I don't know. You'll know more than me, but I can't imagine there being many kind of food manufacturing companies or anything like that, that, that can say that about their food. I think that's quite a rarity, isn't yeah. it? I think. Yeah. And it says a lot about the food itself. If you're willing to provide that as a fact, then it, it speaks exactly. volumes. Yeah. 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 Um, so obviously the food that you sell is brilliant for sausage dogs but the treats and the chews that you have are I can vouch for them they are amazing um but but just explain how the treats are kind of produced and and what makes them better than kind of some other alternatives out there that people might might reach for so I think, again, historically, we've all fed our dogs, you know, dare I say the word dentistic and, you know, the kind of little nice training treats. And that's they're in the bright colour packets at the supermarket. So that's what we've always done. But again, looking into the ingredients of those, I mean, if you just Google the ingredients in a dentistic, the stuff that comes up is absolutely horrifying. There's carcinogenics in it. It's full of sugar. Um, I think there's many calories in a dentist ticket, but it's like giving your dog two donuts or something. Oh, um, God. Um, there's kind of, there's nothing in it that's really cleaning your dog's um It's teeth. literally just a brand, it's isn't it? Marketed. It Absolutely. It's clever marketing. And the preservatives that are, again, in those treats. And it's, if you, if, if people are just, you know, wanting to know what to, to get their dogs and they don't want to go for kind of some other we have a few more gruesome things um in in our um in our warehouse but the you know just try and stay away from the the super processed stuff and that that's again where ours is different so however are all single source proteins so if you buy a rabbit's ear it is just a rabbit's ear and it is and it's not been messed with it's been air dried um and the same with everything that we have and we sell all sorts of you know, weird and wonderful things, um, pig snouts, rabbit's ears, buffalo's ears, deer skin. We've, we even did deer's legs in the Christmas boxes. Yeah, I thought people were going to go a little bit, ooh. Um, mm. And we see some great comments on the Facebook page um, about people tagging their friends in. And I think somebody said, oh, that's all right. That, that looks lovely for the dog, but imagine having that on your carpet for a week. Oh, you know, just doesn't like last a week either though. <laughs> oh no no that's true but so ours are different in that way they are just they are what they say on the tin they are single source protein there's nothing mixed they're not mixed together they're not processed there's nothing in them apart from what it says and the they are so beneficial for so many reasons so you're not you know you're not giving your dog any nasties there's nothing that can hurt or or injure them there's no processed stuff yeah in they all have like a benefit to them as well so I know you Harriet you've done like you use the rabbit's ears don't you for the definitely uh, for worming but explain explain a bit about that because we get asked quite often we you know we post on our Instagram quite a lot that we 
um, and actually mentioned it with Andy, the vet, that we do natural fleeing and worming. Um, yeah. And we have a couple of things that we use together and fur on rabbit's ears are one of those. Um, we actually also got a, a question about this from uh, Instagram about why the fur is left on and, and is it okay. safe? So it definitely is safe, isn't it? Um, but just explain a bit more about the stuff. The the rabbit's ears, I remember the first time we ever tried the rabbit's ears, I was absolutely freaked out and <laughs> I couldn't touch one for ages. It's so out of our comfort zone, isn't it? All these weird and wonderful things. And I'm yeah. hoping that Sausage Dog Sanctuary Food is kind of flying the flag for all these weird and wonderful treats and everybody's Definitely. coming around to them like yeah. coming the norm now so the, the rabbit's ears are the reason why the fur is left on because you can buy them without it on is it almost acts as like a colon cleanser so if you imagine as that goes through the digestional tract of a dog and out through its colon any nasty so say there were any little bugs or worms or anything in there they they are then kind of wrapped up in the fur and almost coated in them and it it's like tickling them out almost as it as it flushes through if that makes yeah. sense um and I have actually had so many people say to me that they've given their dog a rabbit's ear and had a worm come out that happens it does happen a lot. though doesn't it yeah yeah absolutely and they can't grab on the worms can't adhere themselves to um the intestines anymore when the fur is in there and it, it coats it, it they're brilliant and it's done in a really safe way because there's there's such negative um feedback now about the worming tablets isn't there and and how harsh they can be yeah uh, and some, I dogs, think... some dogs take them absolutely fine don't they yeah and I think like you've said about people are opening their eyes about food and the quality of the food, people also opening their eyes to alternative methods of fleeing and worming. And, and that is one of them, isn't it? Um, people are seeing yeah. the kind of effects of chemicals and and potentially don't want to be too kind of biased either way, but potentially the unnecessary use of chemicals for fleeing and worming. Yeah. Um, and and obviously rabbit's ears are fabulous for that but but worming isn't it that's not the sole use this kind of not use but the reason why you would give these treats because they do have like you said so many other benefits um and I was saying on again one of my previous podcasts about Daxon's teeth um yeah we really struggle with their teeth and we actually use your treats for mainly for that as well. Um, but yeah. just explain why why it is good for the tea. So um, anything that's quite hard and rough and makes your dog have to gnaw down and chew on it will create friction against their teeth and act almost as like a natural scaler. Like, you know, if you had your teeth uh, tea yeah. at the dentist. Um, not everyone brushes their dog's teeth my, my dog's teeth don't get brushed but my dogs all went to the vets um just before christmas and all their teeth are absolutely perfect and i do put that down to the the treats that they have the tracheas particularly yeah, um, really they've good. got the cartilage in. they yeah. are you'll know how long they really force them to use use all of their yeah. teeth don't they it doesn't make the best sound it's not the nicest sound but um 
but yeah, I'm a real advocate for trying anything natural and using that, you know, unless you started brushing your dog's teeth from day one, from you've got them as a puppy, it can be quite difficult. And so many Dachshunds end up having to have teeth removed later on. Um, you know, wet, I think wet food, feeding wet food only can sometimes contribute to that. And like raw yeah. would be classed as a wet food. But that's it's really important that you mix that you give them something hard alongside it, like your dogs are raw fed, aren't they? Yeah. So they have loads of our treats to keep them, and they're, they're, I'm sure their teeth are absolutely fine. And, yeah, just giving them something. It's like, you know, it's not just for dental reasons either. The stimulation that dogs get um, from chewing um, is so, so important. And we always used to talk about how dogs like have a, a pot of happiness at the beginning of day and they wake up all excited and they're like super happy. And then uh, as the day goes by, if they're, if they're not stimulated or entertained or walked or, you know, played with, that kind of hap of pot, in a, um, pot of happiness, sorry, just goes down and down and down. And I think people don't always associate giving treats with, with stimulating dogs in that in that way because um the kind of squishy little stuff will keep well they don't keep them entertained at all do they they're not they're not the same treat they kind of swallowed and they've forgotten about it haven't they that's it they're more of a reward aren't they for for doing a trick or paw or a training treat whereas the we do have some training treats available but the the stuff that we sell loads of is the super long lasting stuff, and I don't know a Dasham donor that doesn't want a long lasting treat so they can get five minutes piece because Absolutely. You know they're all Velcro boxed, and you cannot sit down and do anything without having a sausage dog attached to you if you're a sausage dog owner. Yep. And I give my dogs trachea's and the buffalo ears and the skin, the camel skins and stuff. They're amazing, just so I can get some work done sometimes as well. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling, um, but that's that's so interesting because we we do think that our uh, you, you know the dog wakes up, we take them out for a walk, and they're happy. But that's not the case. They do need variety, and actually, if you kind of make it a bit more interesting for them by giving them like long lasting treats and things, they will it a tires them out and b it does stimulate them and, and it does release endorphins doesn't it so that is yeah, another totally. huge benefit um yeah. so you've mentioned a few of the treats that you do but what are your three top top treat and it's really hard to choose because I wouldn't be able to <laughs> um but what's your three best sellers or most recommended treats um okay so for somebody who's never had anything from us before or seen what we do and, you know, a good starter treat, something that's not too gruesome, mm-hmm. um, the pig snouts are amazing. I think they're yeah. still like our bestseller. And my poor husband, who does all the stock ordering and packing them up, just despairs because he can order like thousands of these pig snouts, Harriet, can't he? And, and they just fly. Like, he sold out pig snouts. <laughs> Harriet, we had a thousand delivered yesterday and they've all gone. Yeah. And um he just can't keep up with, with the demand. Um so the pig snaps are amazing and they're they're really good for a few reasons. They they are semi-long lasting. I don't know how long it takes your dog to get through, but they're not Very, an yeah. instant 
No, not instant. You know, they do they're last pretty a while. good, aren't they? They last a while. They are, they're not greasy and they don't smell. So you, you can happily have it on your carpet um, without freaking out about yeah. it. Because, you know, nobody wants a, a, a greasy deer's leg on the sofa, do they? So, you know, there are, I, I call it inside and outside treats yeah. as well. So pig snouts are a brilliant starter um, treat. And then I'm going to pick rabbit's ears because that's our second best. We Stella. love a rabbit's ear. <laughs> you just cannot go wrong. It's got, you know, beneficial um, uh, purposes as well. So it's not just a nice treat. They last, I don't know, how long does your dogs your dogs take to demolish a rabbit's they, they ear? They don't last that long, to be fair, here. But the kind of benefits outweigh the long-lasting on that one. We, we would choose something yeah. else for a long-lasting one, but they are an essential for ours. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody with a sausage dog needs a packet of rabbit's ears in the cupboard. 100%. They absolutely love them. Um, so yeah, rabbit's ears. And then I'm oh God, it's so difficult, isn't it, to pick? I know. I I really, I really like the um the skins that we've got at the moment. So we've got, and they they are in the sausage bags. Um, we've not launched them on their own yet, but we will be doing, and they they last a long, long time. So, um, we need to yeah, try those. In, so, yeah, we will get some to you. <laughs> Thanks. So, um, they come in the sausage bog, uh, sausage bags, and they are they can be deer skin, um, buffalo, camel, all sorts of weird and wonderful things, and they've got fur on as well. But they just seem to last my dogs such a long time. Oh, fab. So. Yeah, and so the trachea's. I'm having four. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I love the trachea's, and do you know what I love doing with them as well? So we obviously they get them on their own, but occasionally I will stuff them full of bits and bobs. We put carrot, yogurt, sprouts. Oh wow! Yeah, we put loads of stuff in, and we use the um, dried kibble treats that you do, you know, the digestive skin and curve yeah. ones like that. We put the, all of this in and we put it in the freezer and it's just a really good way of it, A, lasting longer and B, more stimulation. So that's my top that tip. That is such a top tip, Harriet. I'm yeah. going to do that. Yeah, honestly, it's great. Um, there you go, So guys. they are your <laughs> top, top four. Um, and so... You've mentioned that you are from an e-commerce background. This is more about you and really rather than the brand itself. But um, you're from an e-commerce background and you've absolutely smashed it with Sausage Dog Sanctuary Food. We rave about it to everyone. Honestly, it's fab. If you've not tried the treats, you absolutely have to. Um, But if somebody was looking to start a business within the pet industry what would your advice be to them so yeah anybody wanting to start an e-commerce business or a pet business just do so much research about who your who your target market is like obviously we've niched our brand out um and i've got experience of different e-commerce businesses harriet actually manages the social media for one of my other businesses or two of my other businesses harriet there we go yeah (laughs) Um, uh, She's the social media queen. 
Um, yeah, it's all about all about research, really. Make sure you find out who your target market is. Don't don't be scared to niche something out. You know, a lot of people said to me when we, I said I'm going to do a dog food just for Dashens. You know, knowing what kind of flavors they like and that they're super fussy, um, and everybody was like, "You're crazy, just doing it for one breed of dog." And niche is a really good, really good way to go. So, yeah, there's, the pet industry is lovely. It's a really nice market to be in. There's so many opportunities there. Obviously, you've just launched your um, fabulous uh, collar and lead business. And I see yeah. so many lovely companies popping up now. So, yeah, but always research. Who, who are you going to sell to? How are you going to sell to them? And make sure you've got a good product line as well. Yeah. And, and as well, like, you've helped me loads with um, House of Hass. So, don't be afraid to ask people questions. Uh, it, like I said, it helped me no end having you to kind of speak to and and turn to. And if I wasn't sure about something, I just asked you a question. So, if there is people out there willing to help, you know, just just ask the question, and nothing's really too stupid. Because I mean, when I started House of House, I kind of came to you with all sorts of how do I do this how do I do that and (laughs) and actually when someone else explains things to you it it makes it so much easier to understand so that that yes I mean sometimes you just need need somebody who's done it before don't you to talk to and um like I said my other business is not um in the pet industry and it's completely different kettle of fish i think that the sausage dog world is such a really friendly lovely community of people i would say like we're like a a really small cult um although there are so many sausage dogs now it's not actually that small anymore you see them everywhere don't you and yeah just reach out to people there's some great um routes to market as well you can have your own website facebook have just launched shopping um amazon's a great place to sell pet products as well so yeah and you know now's the time to do something isn't it we've all got a little bit more time on our hands maybe our lives aren't quite as busy as they were um unless you're like me trying to juggle yours definitely is from home with dogs and children (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know who you're speaking for, but it's definitely not you. I'm trying to sound in control, Harriet. Yeah, definitely. So I think, as well, I think people, if they do have ideas and things, speak to those people around you and and see what they think of it. Uh, I know you just said that people thought you were mad doing such a niche product, but... But just gauge what people are saying, you know, speak to your target market as well. Um, you obviously had that opportunity with the hotel and and that obviously helped you massively. So I think that's a good, good yeah. way to start. Yeah. So we have had also a couple of questions. Well, we've had loads actually, but I've narrowed it down to a couple um, from Instagram and we the first one which I get asked quite often as well is how many times should you feed your dog per day um I I always think twice a day is is a good is a good amount yeah. so years ago like 
when I grew up, I remember dogs used to have like their tea. They didn't have any breakfast. They had one meal a day. And I just think, God, these poor, poor wufflets watching everyone eat all day. And they don't been get anything starving. Yeah, that was, Harriet, it was like, you're much younger than me, but it was the normal. It was a one meal a day. Now, it doesn't mean giving your dog any more food. So, like, obviously, whatever your dog's eating on the back of the packet, it will have recommended guidelines. And they are very much just guidelines. You know, always go on, like, how your dog looks as well. And just divide that up into two meals. Or, obviously, for dogs under about nine months, we've always done three meals a day because yeah. it's a long time, isn't it, breakfast for tea. So, um, any dogs that between nine and 12 months breakfast and tea and anybody a little bit younger three meals a day yeah fab um and they another question is um so you've kind of all almost covered this in in what you've said but um some of what are some of the worst things to feed a dog that we think are healthy so you've mentioned one kind of like dentists and things like that but the key I think is is just to look on the packet isn't it yeah, just read the ingredients in the same way that, you know, we get fed all the time in our news feeds, don't we, about how, you know, bacon's carcinogenic and gluten is bad for us and dairy triggers X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, we're used to reading packets, aren't we, if we've got intolerances or we've got issues. And if your dog has got issues, you know, don't don't be afraid to, you know, really start nailing down into the nitty gritty and go look into their food first. There's so many people will message us about what is, um, you know, my dog's got itchy skin or their poos are runny, etc. And they look on the back of the packets of what they're feeding them and they might be having a packet of pedigree chum in the morning and a couple of dentistics in the afternoon and yeah so just really become aware of what you're feeding your dog there are some really really good dry foods out there and you know a lot of people are really happy raw feeding raw feeding isn't for every dog and um Actually, and not for I've not for every family either you know it, it it's quite uh you've got to be prepared and you've got to be quite it's a commitment yeah so it's not for everyone yeah definitely and just just to to go back to that actually I had a lady who brought her two dachshunds to me at the beginning of the hotel when it opened and they were both very very hyper very very underweight um they were skin and bone had super behavior issues they were their poos were i don't know they were almost they weren't solid in a in um but they weren't runny they were almost like um chalk there was just some there was they'd had all sorts of tests going on at the vets and they were um they were in a bit of um, a mess to be fair and when we launched the food um, the lady who owned the dash and she said, oh, I might as well try them because everyone had said, you've got to feed them raw. Raw will cure all their problems. They will be fine on, on raw. So she'd had them on raw for six months and it hadn't helped. In fact, I think it probably made them a bit worse. She put them onto our food. I, I saw them not so long ago. They Most of their problems have now gone. They, they Their poos are lovely. They've both put weight on. One of them had seasonal alopecia. It's really helped with that. And their behaviour, they've completely come down a level. That's great. Honestly, whatever they were having before was almost going straight through them. Like they were getting no 
nourishment from it that we were able to put any weight on. So although, you know, I I don't, I have no issue with what anyone feeds their dog. I just think it's about choice. Yeah. So I think if you feed your dog raw and your dog is thriving, amazing. If you feed your dog yeah. kibble and they're thriving, amazing. So it, 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 there's no right or wrong. And people I think really the, the importance is the nutritional value isn't it so as long as you're feeding a complete diet whether it be raw or kibble we we kind of discussed this in other podcasts as well it's just so important it whether whichever kind of route you decide to go down it's making sure that your kibble is the best quality kibble and suitable for your dog and the the same with raw if if that's what what you just just get just get the best you can afford yeah you know, but not everybody also, not everyone can afford raw feeding. Not everyone can afford, you know, the kibbles are all different uh, prices, aren't they, as well? You know, ours is is fairly mid to, to high-end price. And we, you know, we know that. Um, but you just get, get the best you can afford for your dog. And then you just Definitely. do the best for your dog. And as long as your dog's happy, they're a good way, etc. they're brilliant. Yeah. Um, another question we've had, and I'm actually intrigued about this one, um, is if your dog is allergic to, or not necessarily allergic, but kind of doesn't agree with them, if they are, in, well, let's use the word intolerant, um, intolerant to yeah. chicken, are chicken feet suitable or would you stay clear of those? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably steer clear of them. Obviously, it's not the same as giving them a, a meal of chicken twice a day and you're kind of building, you know, most intolerances have like a cumulative effect. So like if you have um, a child that's dairy intolerant, I've got one, you can give them a little bit of milk and she'll be fine, but start giving her a lot and then she's not. And it'll be just over the dog. Yeah, so intolerance is obviously very different to being allergic. Allergies, yeah. And we don't do a chicken adult food for that reason because I have met so many Dachshunds who have, um, adult Dachshunds who have a chicken allergy. And people will say to me, why do you do a chicken puppy food? And the re- the reason is, is, and the reason why our puppy food is actually quite special it has multi-protein sources in it. It's really important to expose your puppy to as many different proteins as possible while they are growing because it helps them with intolerances later on in life. And dogs get, um, at about the age of one, some of them can develop an intolerance to one of the proteins in chicken. And that is why we don't offer an adult chicken food. So we want to expose those puppies to chicken and turkey and duck and salmon and blue whiting and all the other proteins that we have in our puppy foods and that we're going to give them as many proteins as possible as a puppy when they can take it and then we remove that chicken protein out of the adult food because that's when a lot of them get a trigger but they're less likely to get a trigger if they've had it that's so interesting yeah, so multi-protein source exposure as a puppy is super important. And that is why all our puppy foods are something with something, something with something. Oh, you've never told me that before. But while I'm just on with intolerances, because I haven't mentioned this, and this is also super important, because I, I don't think we've actually promoted it Um 
as massively as we could. So we, like I said, we've removed the chicken for adults because we know a lot of Dashans have got the um, chicken protein allergy. Um, but we have also launched our superfood range. And our superfood range, we've only got one puppy and one adult flavour at the moment, but we've got more flavours coming soon for anyone who's, who's already dogs on it and they're probably already getting bored of that flavour. Don't worry, they are coming. Um, and that is actually like a super, kind of not allowed to call it hypoallergenic because it still might make some dogs a bit intolerant, but there is no, there's no potato in it and there's no pea protein in it and they are two things that some of the really super allergic dogs can have a bit of reaction to so if you've got a dog who is on a food or who is on our food who is who is still struggling a little bit as has got no grading so that you've removed a huge amount of yeah. allergy problems there mm. that, if that's the issue um you know just give drop us a message because we've got boxes and boxes of superfood samples that we can bob out to you you can try your dog on it it's as kind of non-allergic food as you're going to get it's literally meat and vegetables that and that is incredible that we have the technology to create such an amazing food and the fact that you've designed it specifically for allergic suffering dachshunds is incredible so honestly like hannah said drop us a message on instagram it'll be probably me who replies so but we yeah. you know it, it's like you said at, at the beginning it's so stressful if you if your dog is allergic so the, the other thing i want to mention is about the so many people go my dog is so fussy and i'm like what is going on with these sausage the dogs like why what, what don't dogs just normally want to eat everything inside i've never seen i've never, I've never seen a breed of dog where they're so fussy it's just yeah. typical dashing isn't it um yeah. and our food is made to be super palatable so it's actually i can't tell you how revolting it smells so if you open like the bag of lamb it stinks like a sheep like it's yes so it does smelly. it's really really quite horrible and but in a good way because the dogs are like you know like obviously their scent hounds their noses go absolutely mad for it and that's one of the reasons why we loved that um recipe because i've had so many people say to me my dog won't eat anything yours is the only dry food i I've hear this every tolerated. day genuinely every day yeah yeah, so if you have got a super fussy sausage dog and you're sick to death of buying bag after bag and they'll eat it for 100 quid down, um, we do sample packs on the website. So, you know, people can try. So you don't have to commit to a two kilogram bag. We get, you get seven flavours in there. So you've got, you know, you can see which ones they like. We've got different kibble sizes because we know how fussy they all are. Some will eat big kibble, some will eat small kibble. So, yeah, that, that's why it's just such a good dash and food because we really understand what little sounds that they can be. They are, To find different yeah, absolutely. So yeah, sorry that a bit, a bit of a tangent there about the chicken thing, but that just a little bit about how we're trying to cater yeah, for the honestly, um, dogs with um, allergies, etc. I can genuinely vouch for the success from hearing it from customers, the success of the food and the treats, and I honestly cannot recommend them enough. So 
like Hannah said, there is sample packs on the website, which again, not many companies will do. Um, who knows why? I think our sample packs speak for themselves. Um, but <laughs> it's our best selling item most of the time. Yeah, and and but I think the fact that most people who buy the sample packs then go through to buy a full bag that speaks for itself yeah. doesn't it I mean, so who, who wants to buy a three kilogram bag of food before you know your dog likes it no one does do they so no it's just well, yeah we've got so, like, we're, quite a, we're really super transparent company we just want the, all the dogs to eat the food and be happy and thrive and that's why we do them so yeah it's as simple as that yes <laughs> love it um thank you so much hannah honestly it's it's always nice speaking to you but it's nice for everyone else to hear about about the fab (laughs) products as well so um i think it might make a few people think twice but also give people a good excuse to try some of sausage dog sanctuary foods treats and food and we want to hear from you as well so if you have tried them and you love them drop us a message send us some pictures and videos and we love seeing all that don't we i'm always favorite thing isn't it seeing all the happy sausages opening their treats and bags and we've got some really exciting new stuff coming in the next couple of weeks so we're launching our puppy club yes i'm so so excited for this yeah so puppy club's happening so that'll be um a bag specifically made a bag of treats sorry specifically for puppies over four months so you know that it's completely safe there'll be a little training guide in there and you know kind of tips and um, tips um of how and when to feed your puppy and you also get samples of the puppy food um in there as well so that's coming super soon there'll also be a big discount on your first order as well if the people Amazing. come back and buy the um, actual food so that's coming and then Harriet you will be really excited to know that we're going to launch our birthday boxes yes so <laughs> so and they'll be a permanent fixture because we have made for a lot of our brand reps kind of party boxes just with like with you know um gifts and stuff and yeah. they've been really popular but they've they were quite time consuming, but I've managed to convince the team to pack them for me. So we're having a little, it'll be all, you know, party box, birthday box, bag, bag of treats, a birthday tea. Amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, so we've got loads of more exciting treats coming this year. So, yeah, we're just excited. See Lovely. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And um, I also have a personal request that we get to see your two new little sausage girls. Oh my goodness. I know. I haven't even put them on. On the Instagram all the time, please. I want daily pictures and all our followers will love it as well. I have been very, very bad. Yeah, I've got two. So I have five sausage dogs now. So this is what Harriet's done to me. Well, (laughs) they're addictive. They are collectible. So we got Mavis and Edna um, at the beginning of December. So we've got two little mini dapples and they're just absolutely scrumptious. So yeah, we'll get them on the Instagram. Absolutely. Okay. Lovely. Thank you, Thank you so me. much, Hannah. <laughs> we've loved it. Um, and we will 
Look, well, we'll look forward to seeing all the photos from people and see if anyone have got yes. any, any nice comments or, or you know, suggestions. Please let us know if there's anything that you want to see. Do. Yeah, that you want to see or new products or... Absolutely. Yeah. We love nothing more than hearing from everyone. So look forward to hearing from you. Bye.